0: Hey, Derek Aguilar, host of O&A On Air, a podcast from the Online News Association, coming at you from the ONA 18 conference in Austin. So, one of the best things about this conference is seeing journalism friends that I have everywhere. Oh my God, how are you?
1: It's been crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I still, I can't believe I haven't seen you in I so long. I know, it's been forever. This is Lisa Pickoff White. Normally, in my real life, I'm a data journalist at KQED News, and I'm also a new mom. Lisa's been on maternity leave for a couple of months now. When do you get back? Um, after the midterms. That was purposeful.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is Ronan Kai Pickoff Dare. He is for better or worse, the child of two journalists. Uh, my husband is a copy chief at AJ+. Plus.
0: You want to say something, baby? You want to say something, baby?
1: He's three months. Well, one of the things I discovered is that babies actually produce a lot of data, which makes mom, who's kind of super into it, pretty happy. That's awesome. Oh, we we track poops. We track... Um... <laughs> <laughs> the track breastfeeding sessions, and I even have um, them charted out into a kind of timeline, so I could start to see when he's regularly eating, when he's regularly going down for a oh, nap. Oh, you're for real about this. Lisa? Oh no, let me let me show you right here on my phone. Um, so I'm I'm opening up. my Lisa
0: phone. had an app full of charts on when baby Ronan eats and sleeps and basically does you know the kind of baby things. I'm telling you this story about my journo friend because ONA has been trying hard over the last three years to make sure journalists' parents have the resources at the conference to attend, like a nursing room and a list of daycare options.
2: We started um, working with hotels and trying to figure out if there'd be a space to set up a room that was comfortable and a safe space for people to um, leave refrigerated milk during the conference or bring a baby to nurse.
0: This is Jessica Strelitz. She's head of Strategic Partnerships for the Online News Association.
2: So I have been traveling with ONA for the past six years, and I have a nearly six-year-old and a three-year-old. We have developed a little bit of a ritual where the days that lead up to the conference, I spend some time just kind of prepping them lightly for what the fact that I'm going to be traveling And we read some books together. There's actually kind of a dearth of literature out there that deals with mothers traveling for work. We did little videos together before I left. So anytime that they want to see me and tell me hello or tell me that they love me, even if I can't answer the phone, I'm there for them. This is just a reminder that mommy loves you.
0: That is a really cool, I love your idea about the the video messages. They love that and they actually
2: talk to the videos so they're not hundred percent clear on how it's a one-way conversation.
0: (laughs) And I'll be home soon. Yes, I'll be home in a week and we're gonna spend some time together. Okay? I love you. Bye-bye.
2: One of the great things, I think, about the fact that I do travel for work is that it's really allowed my husband to spend a lot of one-on-one time with them. As tough as it is to travel and be away from them, I think it's actually made the family stronger. Well, um, I I wanted
0: to have this conversation with you because you're the one that put together the resources at ONA for parents, for nursing moms. Um, Tell me a little bit about about that. Like, uh, Why was it important for you and, I guess, also ONA to have... Uh, this
2: place where parents can go to? I was a nursing mom for over a year um, and on the road. And I was very frustrated by the fact that I would go to conferences and there wouldn't be a space for me to go. They'd stick me in a closet or they'd stick me in the bathroom. I decided that, you know, this is important for ONA to address. We want to be able to support as much as possible in any way that we can. And I felt like this was a simple thing for us to do.
0: And then ONA just blew up from there, building out lists of daycare options in town and parks for parents with children attending the conference to go to. Jessica says there's a Facebook group called Media Moms that she's part of. They share tips and resources and talk about the tough double duty of being a journalist and a mother. Jessica put me in touch with Bethany Erickson, who is a public education and housing policy columnist and a consumer affairs reporter for the online real estate publication called CandiesDirt.com in Dallas, Texas.
3: I'm lucky in the fact that from the time we brought my son home, we've kind of had, my husband and I have kind of had this division of labor. I'm a night owl. He's an early riser. So um, he always took care of the first feeding and now he takes care of getting our son ready for school and out the door, which means that since I tend to work a little later, <laughs> typically um, it means I get to sleep until like 8.30, 9 o'clock, which okay. is, is, is which is nice. And since I work predominantly from home, that does help the schedule quite a bit. Do, do you
0: feel like oh, journalism, the industry, makes room um, and time and sort of makes it easy for moms and dads grandmothers people who are taking care of children
3: I think it depends on where you are in your career it's much easier than it was when I started years ago to work remotely and to file stories remotely I think makes it a little more family friendly I mean when you're at the beginning of your career especially if you're working for you know a publication that does a lot of breaking news overnight stuff and that kind of I think that it becomes harder Um, Just because you're expected to kind of put that work in. I was lucky in the fact that our son didn't come around until I was pretty established in my career. And I had made those connections and was able to first freelance um, for several years after he was first born. And then recently I moved to a full-time position with the publication I met. But our publication is owned by a mom. And my boss is a mom. (laughs) And um, so, so we, I think we tend to be kind of the exception. Uh, It's nothing for if we have a meet, you know, if we have a staff meeting or over the summer, I didn't have anyone that could watch my son. So he came with the iPad and the headphones and sat there quite contently, you know, watching Mm -hmm. movies while we met and nobody batted an eyelash. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that that's very helpful too, if you can, um, find that kind of dynamic where um, where you work together and and everybody kind of covers each other really well. I've been in publications where it doesn't work like that. I've found that those publications that those places to work at are pretty miserable for everyone, not just <laughs> not just yeah. moms and dads. I think that right. by and large journalism tends to be a collaborative effort. That spirit of collaboration makes us a little more, willing to work with each other and, um, and help each other out. I know that not every, you know, especially when you start working for a bigger, for bigger corporations, you don't necessarily always have those robustly family friendly policies that allow you to do certain things, but I think it's getting better for, for families. I do still think that, and for women at any rate, and I think this is true universally of no matter what profession you're in, um, there is still kind of that, that, motherhood tax that comes with um with being a woman in a workplace if you choose to have a child.
0: What do you um I guess define that? Define what um, is the motherhood tax?
3: Well, you know, if you take that if you take maternity leave or you step away from the industry for a while, you know, take care of an infant or whatever, you can find that you're making less than your male counterparts and often that's because they aren't encouraged or expected to to drop what they're doing when they have mm. a, when they have a mm-hmm. child so mm-hmm. that comes into play i think it comes I, I like i and that's why i said earlier that mm-hmm. it also kind of depends on where mm-hmm. you are mm-hmm. in your career i think it's a lot harder to overcome that earlier in your career um, then it is later when you forged connections and right. you know that you can continue to, if you wanted to, you could continue to keep your toe in the water. The first six months that my son was, was alive, I had one freelance, uh, regular freelance gig and it paid, I want to say like 300 a month. It wasn't a lot. It what a lot wasn't expected of me, but mm-hmm. it kept my toe in the water and it kept me forging those connections. And it kind of it was also just a break for me. It was a, you know, mm-hmm. it was somewhere, right. it was an opportunity for, use, for me to use my brain for something other than calculating when the next feeding was supposed to yeah. happen. Yeah, and, and like, you talking know, to like other adult human right, beings. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, and, and it kept me engaged. Um. But as he got older and started napping more, I started adding more clients and more publications and that kind of thing. And, you know, and, and until now, you know, by the time he was, at the time he was in pre in pre-K um I was pretty much working full time again I do have a little more flexible schedule if I need to move stuff around but yeah I I don't think I would have been able to do that if it had been at the beginning of my career I don't know if that would have happened
0: Well thank you so much for um you know having this conversation with me I really appreciate it Yeah thank you so back at the O&A conference with my data journalist coworker friend from KQED. You come back after the elections. It's um, November, right? Yeah. Um, what do you expect? Like, do you have a plan
1: yet? <laughs> Not really. Uh, my husband, uh, luckily enough, is going to get to take some paternity leave, so I'll be able to pass off. And um, I'm expecting to figure it out. I mean, the thing with a baby is every hour and every day is different. So... Yeah. You know, it's, it's taught me a lot of patience. <laughs> yeah. And like with many things in San Francisco, you know, there's a huge population and a shortage right now, actually. So it can be pretty difficult to get childcare in the city because there's just a lot of new families and everyone wants a spot. Okay, I'm going to let you be mom now. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. You it's so good much seeing, much. seeing you, Erica. <laughs> good.
0: Oh, right, my Ronan. See you later, Ronan. <laughs> He said bye, guys. I mean, I'm not a mother. I don't have children. But I grew up helping my mom raise my brothers and sisters. Um, There are five of us all together. I remember helping my mom pack baby diapers and making sure like there's an extra pair of clothes and snacks and bottles. Um, But the thought of that plus journalism sounds terrifying. I've also seen my colleagues, other radio journalists, have babies. Congratulations, Rena Palta and Josie Huang out in Los Angeles at KPCC. Shout out to Mina Kim and Lisa Pickoff White, where I met in San Francisco. Anyway, um, shout out to all the moms out there, right, who are doing journalism. I wanted to take this space in this episode to commit some time and, and listening to the ONA parents out there for you, dads, for you, mothers. Um, grandmothers, uh, people who are taking care of children while they're taking care of us in producing news. Thank you so much for all your hard work, the sleepless nights, uh, and, you know, just for being you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I'm Erica
2: Aguilar.